Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today on the podcast, for our second time, we have the beautiful Molly Feening. Um, last time we had Molly on the podcast, she came on and talked all about her businesses, which we'll touch on. Um, and just honestly, that podcast was so amazing for me and so Thank many you. women. I just want you to know that. Um, and something you said in that podcast, I think about all the time, just about being a business owner as a woman, a woman is that it doesn't have to be contentious. And I mean, it has become literally like a pinnacle, if that's the right word, in so much of the, the things that we're creating, not the works. So Aww, that makes you guys so should happy. go back, go back, take, take a trip back <laughs> and listen to Molly's first podcast. And today we're talking about a different topic. We're talking mm-hmm. about divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a, just a little rundown for our listeners, who you are, what you do, all the things. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me yes. again. And you're amazing. And I love all that you do and the good you are making in this world is inspiring. Thank you. Um, and that's why I'm here and talking about a raw subject with you because I trust you and this community you've built. Um, and so I am co-founder and CEO um, of Red Clay Hot Sauce. Um, and prior to that, co-founder and co-CEO of Baby Eater Sunglasses mm-hmm. um, with uh, college friends and my ex-husband, Ted. And Jeff Ryan is my is my chef and partner, co-founder of Red Clay. Mama of two boys um, who are wonderful. And, you know, f- I think for me more and more, I'm finding that my true passion is is sort of helping women find their truth and empower women to kind of step into more leadership roles or creative roles or, you know, really kind of whatever is kind of within that, that alignment. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's morphing and rapidly changing and it would be a very different answer a year ago and two years ago and five years ago. So it's fascinating. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, just, you know, for me, the journey's become very much an inward one. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of, uh, dive in. I saw Molly at an event. Was that last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all blends together. And I, I was like, especially this season. Yeah, it's crazy. I was like, I'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about what you've recently went through. And I've thought about, um, other people that, um, maybe not there, maybe it wasn't divorced, but maybe they had a loss or this or that. And I always want to be so sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to be like, Hey, let's go tell everybody your business mm-hmm. because it is so private. I, I've been divorced myself. Um, much different situation. I was a lot younger. I didn't have children. It was, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like a breakup basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was hard because it was sad, but it was different. Um, but these are things that are so close to our heart and especially as a, a mama and all the things, mm-hmm. all the family things that come with it. Um, totally. so let's just dive in. Yeah. You I just- would love that. And I, you know, we said this right before, but I just kind of want to say it again for myself. Her accountability is like, I want to be here to set the intention of like, and why I'm here is what can this conversation do to serve to help other women kind of Absolutely. going through challenge. And so doing my best to honor my ex and my boy's father and our journey and keeping, keeping, you know, that private, but also sharing the challenges that I think a lot of people don't talk about. And, you know, when you asked me to do it, my first instinct was, ah, I'm not ready. You know what I mean? Like, this is I mean, it is, it is fresh. Really raw. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been a year that we've, we separated a year ago uh, and started the whole journey towards divorce. And in South Carolina, it takes a year, right? You see you file and then you have a full year. So we literally signed our divorce papers two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But... I really wanted to wait till I had the bow mm-hmm. and the story mm-hmm. and and the and the 
and the purpose and meaning behind it all, which would be a year from now with yeah. you and we'll sitting bring you down. Back. And, you know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, but I think I said, no, actually, I want to do this now while it still feels raw yeah. because you don't, you know, the women who are, or, or people who are going through challenges kind of might, you know, and are in that seventh layer of hell and Dante's Inferno, they might not identify with me at the end of this road being like, and this is what I learned and I'm doing great, totally. you know, but yep. actually might be better served hearing from somebody that's still like, this hurts. It's yeah. an open wound. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, thank you for coming. Cause I thank know you. that that's a big deal. <laughs> thank you. And I do, I, I remember when Carter, um, Carter, struggled for a while to get pregnant, which is something I can relate to as well. And she was like, when I have the baby, I'm going to come on. And then she was like, no, I'm not waiting. Yeah. Because it's like exactly what you said. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's when you're in it, it's so much more relatable to have someone be like, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm mm-hmm. standing with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think Brene Brown says like, like get in the hole with me. Yeah. Right? Like in my arena, like don't be waving to me. Don't throw me a sandwich. Totally. Like, crawl in. Totally. <laughs> Hold no, me in the foxhole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and something you know, I know we want to talk about today is just what we're conditioned to do and be as, as, as girls, as teenagers, as, as women. And I think, you know, it is, you know, sharing what hurts and sharing those, the falls and the, and, and the challenges and the raw and the vulnerability is not how I was trained, right? I was trained to sort of like make it look nice and pretty and, and productive and get, get the good grades and get the gold stars. And so for me, there's been a journey of embracing, um, mess as beauty and as growth and as the human experience and life and, and it all is as beautiful and valuable. And actually, act, you where you do grow, you grow through the challenges. Mm-hmm. Like when things are easy breezy, you want to keep things exactly as they are, right? You yeah. don't want to make change. Right. But it's when things are hard, and that can be work stress, that can be personal, that can be you know health issues. That's really when you ask yourself the questions of like, how do I get out of here? What do I have to do to change? Yeah. And true growth, one, true and growth happens. I think, too, we were talking about it yesterday at the studio, but it's like, it's the, ch- the challenges and then what builds on top of them are like one step in front of the other. And I, I was using the example of like when we lost Grace, it was like we left MUSC and I was like, just take one step and then another and you'll get to the car. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm in the car. Okay, now you have to get home. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, in five years, this is where I'm going to be, you know? And I think, exactly. you know, any kind of a loss is grief mm-hmm. and like everybody grieves different. And I always talk about like, I grieve real out loud. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm in pain. I'm going, totally. like I will get, I will, I fully immerse myself in any time I've had grief or loss. Um, and my husband, love him to death, but he did it totally differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think men and women do do things differently, tend to do things differently that way. But I am the kind of person that is like, let's just, let's go in. Yeah. Let's go in and like, let's just fuck this shit up and feel it all. <laughs> I totally agree. And it is, it is a death. It is grieving. I, I literally over the past, so basically timeline, you know, two years ago I knew our marriage was over, you know, and it was this really kind of this very f- sort of fixed moment where it kind of was like, you can't go back. You mm. can't turn around. There's no going back. This is the journey you're now taking. But I think I couldn't cope with that because I was so madly in love with this this idea of what our family was going to be mm-hmm. and, and our marriage was, and it was me living in a fantasy world. But, um, 
or just, you know, what I, the world I knew that was now changed. Yep. And so I kind of left my body and just numbed for six months with work or just literally kind of, you know, what I was, I've learned later is called cognitive dissonance. Like it, when big T traumas happen and yep. it's too painful, you just kind of disassociate. Mm-hmm. And so it took me six months to really kind of get back into my body to be like, feel the feelings and, and face it. But once that started, it literally was going through those seven different, whatever the stages of grief, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, um, you know, anger, denial, depression, bartering, right. you know, yeah. like oh, yeah. dissociating. Um, and so, you know, I, that's, you know, been the, the, the most significant death I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is yeah. mourning. You have yeah. to mourn it. Yep. So w- you brought this up a little bit, but just how, you know, you're like, we are, we're so conditioned to have, this is the idea, this is what it should look like. So what was your first, and you kind of just touched on it, but what was your first, I don't know if the word's fear, but your first like realization, your first feeling of, okay, this is what, this is it now. How do I tell the world or how do I tell the children or how do I tell myself? I mean, yeah. Um, so it was literally like, I think my first reaction was, this is not happening, Yeah, (laughs) which is where the dissociation came in. So was, Um, and were you guys still living in the same house when you were experiencing all that for those six months? Yes. And so for a while in this, in the same, you know, room and then eventually, you know, different rooms, but the same house while we just figured out, we didn't want to put the kids through ups and downs and question marks Mm -hmm. until we knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like, keep it, keep as is until we were ready to tell the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't cope. I wasn't ready to sort of face it. And so I, kind of numbed and, and uh, leaned into to work or, you know, and other pe- everyone picks their kind of the thing that they choose to mm-hmm. numb out, whether it's bad TV or, or drinking or food or, yep. or subs. For me, it's workaholism. Mm-hmm. It's just like jump into work. Yep. And so my first reaction was just, this isn't happening. Right. Um, and for a few, and it, it was right around the holidays. So it was kind of get through the holidays, but I remember a couple girlfriends after the holidays took me for a walk and were like, we love you. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And you can't, if you pretend this isn't happening, you're going to lose yourself, right? And you're not going to be able to look in the mirror and you'll die inside. Mm-hmm. So you can do the work. Those are good friends. Yeah. And you can do the work and see if the two of you can get through this and heal. And, and, and maybe you can, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to do the work. You can't just pretend nothing, nothing's right. happening. And they said, they were like, and we can't stand by you and, per, and support you as a friend if you don't acknowledge yeah. it. And it was exactly what I needed to hear because I was like, no, 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 not happening, not happening. Yep. You know what I mean? And so once I started sitting with the, okay, there, I need to hold myself accountable and I need to hold our marriage accountable, then it was it was heartbreak for my children. Mm-hmm. Really. I think the next time I start crying, yeah, the next step was like, <laughs> was like, you know, what you want for your babies mm-hmm. is a beautiful intact family. And, um, and not, you know, I grew up with an intact family and, and, and it was funny. I remember I called my high school girlfriend whose parents were divorced when she was an infant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was, she's like, why are you, what's going on? Why are you still waffling? What's like, this is mm-hmm. nine months. Right. <laughs> and I just couldn't, I, it took me so long to, to develop the, the, 
the surrender, really, because I was just micromanaging, controlling my life. I literally, if you imagine you're like off a cliff and you're like grabbing that like final branch, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm not letting go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to die here. Down there. I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to go down that, yeah. you know, huge you know, for a hole of darkness that I'd have no idea what's down there. And so for so long, I just held like white knuckled and, and everyone was like, let go, yeah. let go. I think that and I couldn't. You, it's so relatable what you just said. Cause I can think of other scenarios in my life where I've done that. Yeah. And for people who are used to getting things and going after, and it's really force versus power is what I've learned. There's the, the David Hawking's, you know, um, concept of like force is when we have this answer. We, our ego is like, this is what I want. This is what I'm getting. And you go after it and you are willing to like, just, you know, I don't care. I'm going to pursue this versus true power is acceptance of what is. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you're kind of, I like, I liken it to like riding with the wave of the river, you know, in, in flow with Mm -hmm. the river where, you know, it's, it's supporting you and taking you on the journey versus like trying to trudge up against the current. And it's so much more difficult. So true power is like alignment and like, this is where it's going. And and that was the letting go for me. Mm -hmm. It was like all happening either way. Was it a relief at all when you did let go of the branch? It was, um, moments, yes, of relief, also moments of just like fear, mm-hmm. so much fear as somebody who, and this has been my journey of like work is I'm, I'm, I'm used to control. Mm-hmm. And my lesson here was you can't control this Molly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, I kind of knew, you know, Ted and I separated five years ago, you know, over some sort of something kind of a, a little different. So we had a couple months where it was like, we asked ourselves these questions right. like is, you know, and and the, and the control was like, no, 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 you know? And at that point our, our children were younger and, but it was almost like the universe was like, this is your journey. Yeah. It's happening either way. If yeah. you're not going to listen to the the whispers, we're going to give you some cries and screams. And I mean, I have chills all over my whole body because <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to listen to the tap. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to drop a bomb on your head. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, at a certain point I was like, and I don't, you know, for me, I believe in God, but God, spirit, universe, I was like, okay, God, this is where, this is the path you want me to go on. Mm-hmm. Like, and the more and more I kind of go deep dive into this and learn about all this. And, um, you know, I believe that you, ha- at the start of your life, that your soul enters this body in this situation with these challenges mapped out ahead mm-hmm. for a reason, for a growth opportunity, mm-hmm. for your soul to learn these lessons mm-hmm. by the end of it. Yep. And this is a, you know, not like, you know, and again, I'm madly in love with my husband. Like for me, I was one of those people who was just like married the, the guy I knew I was meant to marry. Mm-hmm. And I was, cause we, our sole contract was to make those two babies and go on this journey together. But it was like, also not what I wanted, but our sole contract was to then go through this divorce mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And, um, and, and my baby, and you know, I think for me, the, the heartbreak was my, my kids growing up in a divorced household, um, and I did not want that for them and, and, and the control of like, this is not what my children are going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my best girlfriend from, from high school whose parents were divorced when she was six months. And I was like, I, what was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to know everything about this. And she's like, why are you still waffling? And I was like, I don't want to fuck up my kids. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Molly, your parents are happily married. You're fucked up. My parents, <laughs> my parents divorced when I was six months old. I'm fucked up. Yeah. We are going to fuck up our kids. Yeah. It's just a question of how. Yeah. <laughs> So and true. do you do it in a loving way? Yeah. Because that's part of the generations of cycles yeah. of human experience. Yep. And so 
you know, having talked to so many friends since then and even strangers and about who've grown up with parents who've divorced, it's like, and some people who parents stayed happily unmarried or unhappily married, yeah. it was like a relief in many respects if the parents did it in a loving way. I mean, that was how my parents were. My parents split up when I was two. My mm-hmm. mom was married four times. I'm mm-hmm. okay, so don't worry. <laughs> Not that you're going to get married four times, but if you did, I'd celebrate you. Um, and my so. parents, I didn't know divorce was quote unquote a bad thing mm-hmm. or taboo or whatever until I was old enough to understand when my friend's parent, when there was like strife, like, oh, I got to go spend the week with my mom, my dad, and my mom don't talk. And so to your point, like, or your friend's point, like in a loving way, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, my parents had differences, you know, mm-hmm. but they were always spoke about each other in front of me with mm-hmm. respect. And yes. my dad always took care of us, you know, and it was, I, yeah, I, I think it's, so much about how you shape that conversation too. And that's, I think that's for me is, is, is the number one thing. And, and we, you know, talking to our, there are therapists on this and getting coached on how to communicate to the kids and interact with the kids. It was very much like a child is half mom, half dad, and they know that. And if they see mom and dad having discord through this process or, or speaking ill of each other or using the kids as weapons in the middle, they fight with that inner side within themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And so both of us are very deliberate about, about loving on our kids and loving one another in front of our kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And speaking very positively and, you know, it's the kid so that the kids know that mommy and daddy still love each other, even if they no longer love each other as married people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, that you know, and then I've got friends whose whose parents um, use them as weapons. Like you tell dad this, and don't tell you know you know, and and that's really where I see the trauma for them. Occur. So much. I I have some friends who are going through things right now, and I'm like, why would you put your kids there? And I you know I can only speak from my experience. I mean, I just feel like it would be just heartbreaking, totally, and confusing, confusing, confusing because they they again are half mom, half dad. And so they then have this shadow side around, huh, if mom hates dad, why does mom hate that half of me? Yeah. Or vice versa. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, I think as much and as hard as it is, but uh, to, to, to do the work, to just find the love and the good and the, and the human in your partner or your ex um, and send them all the blessings in the world and, and kind of move on in a very loving way. You yeah. know, thank you for the lessons. You are my teacher, even if it's not a, a lesson I wanted to learn. Absolutely. And that means I have so much more better, different to come. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and that's actually another reason I kind of wanted to talk about this now is like, I feel like there is a lot of shame Shame is a feeling a lot of women, um, or possibly men too, but I'm not a man, so I don't know them or speak to men as often about this, but that women experience uh, going through a divorce and, and the way, and that's, that's society putting something false on us. Mm-hmm. And so I think the way to combat shame is sharing light on it, like putting light on the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so talking about this yep. in a way that does not feel shameful, yep. um, and, you know, I, I'm on a journey of like immense change and self-discovery that like, 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 like catapulted into this journey that I would never have gone on if, if we had kind of stayed married and that's awesome. Yeah. You know, 
If you haven't heard me talk about Atlas Food Company, Charleston's most sustainable meal delivery company, then you clearly haven't been around me enough. Guys, pay attention. Hashtag get in the room, hello. Not only are they my favorite meal delivery company, but they also offer private catering, which is perfect for the holiday season. Who wants to clean up all this shit all the time, right? All the parties we know we're gonna have and throw, and the food, like I said, amazing. This offer that they're giving, also amazing. Healthy side dishes to accompany all of your holiday meals, no one driving to the grocery store and spending hours in the kitchen. Now your entire meal can be delivered right to your door. How much easier could it be? Looking for something more elevated? They offer full service catering options to complete any holiday gathering. Atlas makes it so easy to bring a stress-free, healthy meal option to let you focus on your people all year long. Oh, and get this guys, because I'm dying for you to try them. I've worked with Atlas to get you $100 off. Yes, $100 off any catering booked between now and January 10th. All you have to do is go to their website, mention Party Like the Works when you send a catering request. Let us and Atlas help you accomplish your goals by celebrating family and feeling good. For just for, you know, the point of our podcast, Are You For Real? Like it really is for people to listen and be able to connect or share with a friend that's going through this. You mm-hmm. know, if for somebody that's where you were in those first six months. Yeah. And, you know, what you guys listening, like when Molly speaks, she's only speaking from her experience. She's not telling you to do anything she's done, but that's what I'm asking is for your experience. Yeah. What would your advice be for Molly in that situation? Like, did you, if you look back, you're like, no, I needed those six months. Or was there, not that you would do things differently at this point, but is there, you know, anything that you would think of if somebody was listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I'm exactly where she is. Do I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and for me, it's like this journey and every phase of it has been stepping forward, closer and closer into listening to the intuition within me, mm-hmm. right? And I think there is a voice within each of us that is whatever you believe, big S self, intuition, the knowing, God, universe, whatever, that as little girls, we are told to quiet. Mm-hmm because it is loud, because it's messy, because it's not what the parents want, because it's not what the teachers want. And I think um, society is, 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 a, is a disservice when we quiet women's truth and voice. And, um, and we end up, again, putting everyone else's needs and, and priorities ahead, whether that's colleagues or bosses or your partners or your kids. And, and I have gone on this journey and I would, you know, and I think for most women going through this, what I would love for them and what I'd hope for them is just the the stripping away of the outer conditioning and the and the listening to other people outside of us for that quiet little voice within mm-hmm. and starting to do the exercises. What you know, and I can kind of walk through what I've learned and and, and the steps yeah. I do, but like to make that intuition speak a little louder and be true to her. Yeah. And the, the more you listen to her. Um, or it, um, the louder it gets. But but I see, for me, that's been this journey of like, okay, I, again, I knew it five years ago, I didn't listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you always, even just like waking up in the morning and, and pouring the cup of coffee is like, is that just habit? Or is it, do I really want a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. Or do I want something else? Just starting to tune in kind of earlier. But for me, it was stripping down the constantly looking outward. What do you want from me world? How can I tap dance for you? What mm-hmm. should I be doing? What should I look like? What should I wear? What should, what job should I have? What should I say to what does Molly want? Not just what the world want of Molly. Yeah. 
And I mean, again, chills. Yeah. And so like those first six months, I remember I did not know, right? I did not know if I wanted to stay or go. I did not know if I wanted to do the work or quiet it. I did not know if I wanted to you know, keep, you know, forgive, move on, whatever. And I had friends and everybody had a, an advice. That Everyone is, had a piece, okay, this is a good piece point. of advice, yeah. you know? Opinion, yeah. And I went to this healer who, again, I woke up in the middle of the night with this intuition voice that said, call your friend. Um, and I did, I woke up and I called him and I was like, I don't know why, but I was told in the middle of the night to call you. And he's like, Steve, um, this is Wes. Okay. And it was like, he's like, let's have coffee. So we had coffee and he's like, I know why you're supposed to meet this healer. Mm -hmm. And so within, um, a couple days I had met this healer, Mm -hmm. um, a woman named Abigail who, um, that's who Maggie uses. Yes. She's amazing. She loves her. And she's trained in like kind of ancient Mayan lineage healing. And she saw the soul out of the body. And she was the one who kind of did the exercise this with like a raw egg and like dirt and flowers to like bring it back Mm -hmm. into my body. I've done that with a Mayan healer before in Mexico. It's amazing. It was intense. And she's like, the good news is your soul is back in your body. The bad news is it is going to hurt because you have been avoiding all these feelings. It's going to be like a, like a tidal wave of all the feelings you've ignored for six months. But I remember saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to stay or to go. She's like, what does your inside tell you? I said, I don't know yet. That's what the inside tells me. And she's like, then you go nowhere. Okay. She's like, if it's gray, you stay. And you wait and you pray for clarity every day until you know. And there'll be a moment when you know. Mm-hmm. So what I t- tell women going through this period of like, oh my God, my world's turned upside down. What do I do? Do I stay? Do I go? You don't go anywhere until you know. Mm-hmm. If it's gray, you stay. There will be a day where you wake up and you know. Wow. I want to stay or so I want to So you woke up that day and you said, okay. Yeah. After your talk with your friends. I, I, so no, that was in January. It took me another six months to actually figure it out. We ended up going to this intensive couples retreat uh, in Tennessee. And that was my like Hail Mary of mm-hmm. like, I can tell my babies that I did everything. And w- and Ted is aligned in this. Like we yep. both were like, let's do this together. Yep. And you know, spend a long four day period just working on us. And at the end of it, we'll know. And at the end of that four days, we both knew you know? And, and what was that like? I mean, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? It was horrible. I mean, did y'all like look at each other and you're like, okay. It was horrible. Um, we spent four days with, um, this expert couples counselor and went through all of our sort of childhood trauma and journeys and, you know, the sort of, um, all these different exercises, like trust exercises in the woods and just everything. And at the end of the four days, she had this take on our relationship and was like, I believe this about you. And I believe this about your partner. And I was like, yes. And Ted was like, no. Mm. And that we both looked at each other and we were like, okay, that was our moment. And then to, we actually had scheduled a trip to Europe as a family, the four of us. So we did that to just honor the babies. And we kind of were on this trip knowing this was our last family trip, which was really bittersweet. Um, as an intact family, obviously, who knows what happens in the future if mm-hmm. we go on trips with, you know, as a as a blended family. But um, uh, the week after he he moved out, and we started kind of week on week off. Mm-hmm. We told the kids and and started week on week off. With and the was kids. that telling the children was the hardest? That was that was the other than the sort of discover the like the no the knowing yeah. that my marriage was over. Telling the kids those were the two hardest days of my life for sure. Um, Yet I do have to say, incredible, like incredibly 
sort of transformative for them because prior to that, it was almost like we were gaslighting them where we were like, we're fine, everything's fine. Yep. But my elder son in particular was 11 at the time and he was like, I could see in his eyes, he was like, this does not feel fine, right? And so I think the moment, you know, I remember... Um, looking at him and like, you know, let's go sit down. And, and he just looked at me and I nodded and he just started crying. He knew. We didn't even have to say it. The older son just knew. And he, it was a lot of very, you know, in terms of a, a coaching and advice on that, it was like, you know, spend the day together. We cooked a beautiful meal. We, we had this conversation. We sat on the, on the couch. We cried. We all felt our feelings. And it was all, you know, it was like, again, mommy and daddy love each other so much their the love has just changed from married yeah. love to, to to friendship love yeah. right and we will continue to love each other we will continue to be a family we will continue uh, you know it will look a little different right but it's still a family and i think the main message that we got from experts to like make sure the kids just receive is they have nothing to do with it mm -hmm. this decision has nothing to do with them yep. they cannot take accountability or hold responsibility for anything that's been changing so really saying this is this is mommy and daddy's decision you have you know we love you you will always be loved by both of us yep. and you have it has nothing to do with you yep um and uh and so we kind of you know continue to to say that and reinforce that. Um, and then I remember this past summer, their piano teacher came up to me and she's works at the church we go to. They sing choir at the church. She's like, do you want me to tell you how they're doing? This is a year later. And I was like, yeah. And she's like night and day better from last year. And this is before we told them she was like higher frequency, grounded, happier. She's like, you guys are doing the right thing. Oh. And I just started bursting out in tears. I'm going to cry again. Yeah. <laughs> because it was like, when the inner, when their truth is aligned with the life they're living, yep. they're in balance, they're in alignment, right? Yep. When they see two happy parents, even if they're not married, they're better. Yeah. When they see discord, we were the primary relationship imprinting on these kids right. and it was dysfunctional. It was, it was not true. Right. right. And ultimately what I came to was like, I want my children to see Ted happy and me happy yep. and in in like truthful living their tr living our truths because yeah. I want that for them whatever we do they are going to replicate right, right? Um, and so that that really helped know in the knowing of like this you know again moving towards truth moving towards love I remember I was at we were at church last week our we go to grace at, at on Wentworth which is amazing and father Michael was talking about um, about Israel and Palestine and how a lot of people don't um, know what to do right here right just watching this and feeling confused and not necessarily feeling totally educated on which side you know there's a, so much yeah. happening and it's just very confusing and you know, he's like, what we can focus on is where we are today and sending love from, from our own actions today, which can then reverberate energetically and hopefully end up there. But how do we love people in our neighborhood? How do we love people different from us in our mm -hmm. neighborhood? How do we love people that might have differing opinions or overt enemies in our neighborhood if you have them, right? Yep. Like, how do you send love to them? And he's, he gave this example of like, every action you take is an action towards love or towards fear. Those are the two directions you can move. And so, you know, I think I, you know, want every day get up and that's what I think about now and with my kids, with Ted, with 
my life with work is like, okay, am I, is this action moving towards fear or is this action moving towards love? And that's ultimately how I knew again, when the sort of, when the right time in marriage was, was like, okay, I'm no longer in this marriage out of love. I'm in this marriage because I'm scared. Mm. I'm scared to mess up my kids. I'm scared to be a divorced woman. I'm scared to go through this process. I'm scared to, to change things. What if I, what if I regret it? What if I, you know, you know, look back and I'm like, no, this is not what I wanted for us. And so then I was like, I can't be acting out of fear. Which is so hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally playing so many situations in my head right now, just like things that, you know, like at work with friendships, with, you know, children. Totally. Um, and it's, that makes so much sense. And, and then, and like love for me is equal to truth, is equal to God. It's all the same thing. It's all one energy. And so moving, moving closer into that within, um, in all aspects of your work, of your life, um, friendship, work, relationship, mm-hmm. parenting. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and you like the growth that you found or the experience that you've had through the divorce, you kind of touched on this too, but how it's affected all other areas of your life. Like I think too, you know, I have my friends of mine that are going through divorce, um, or have gone through a divorce. They're like, part of it's like their social life, like married people do married people things and single people do single people things. Mm-hmm. And can you speak to that a little bit just for anyone that's kind of listening and maybe that's not your experience at all. I mean, I think for me, so we separated a year ago, um, and I think so much, I have phenomenal girlfriends that, you know, really carried me through times when I could not even like sit up or get out of bed and, and, and wonderful family. Um, and, and so, um, they always include me. I know whether it's a girl's event or, you know, I'm all feel always feel welcome to be the third wheel or the fifth wheel or seventh mm-hmm. wheel yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on dates. I think I was I with Chastity and Josh. I was on, uh, you know, their, the anniversary they met. We all grabbed wine, the three of us, like in Mount Pleasant <laughs> I'll be there. at the wine shop <laughs> celebrating them. But um, so I don't feel like my social life has changed so much. I don't feel um, excluded from couples events. Um, I've been to a couple of moments like where there's dancing, where I'm like, I want a dance partner and mm-hmm. I don't have a dance partner um, because Ted and I love to dance mm-hmm. and he's a great dancer. Um, and I miss that. But again, it's part of the journey. Like, you know, for some reason, this is the journey I'm going on and I'm really, you know, I love this, the self-discovery element of it. And if that means I don't have a dance partner for a little while, so be it. You know, I think it, the, the, the not having the kids in the house was hard. Um, yeah. those first couple of weeks, that was a big transition. And I purposefully, like a, a bunch of girls booked a New York city trip for me the first week I didn't have them. And we all went mm-hmm. to New York for four days last fall, which was super fun. Um, and a, a nice distraction. Yep. And now I try to bur- really kind of focus on my work and work trips when I don't have them. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm with them at night, it's like, I want to be home for bedtime. Mm-hmm. So social other than kind of, again, like the, my girlfriend stuff, like I'm, I'm not really doing a lot of that. Yeah, necessarily. Um, so it doesn't feel. Is everyone trying to set you up with somebody? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. But I wonder. I just um, think about that element too. Like, is that an exciting element? Is that like 
scary element. And if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. So I, so again, we just got signed on the dotted line a few weeks ago. Um, Charleston is a weird place to date. (laughs) Charleston's just a weird place in general. Lindsay and I were talking about it before. It's Um, like, it's so small. I'm like, have, has my time run out here? And there's a lot, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot, it's a very female dominated culture, Mm -hmm. um, which is cool in many respects. Um, or at least my life, the way I run, you know, in circles is very, it's a lot of women. Um, but I just haven't even begun to, to think about that. It's not, you know, for me, the past year actually has been just making sure my kids were good and, um, and getting enough sleep and like taking walks and healing. And I, again, I, I think there's, there's still this very much this gaping raw wound that I would not be a good partner yeah, <laughs> or attract the right partner in this state. Like yeah. I know that. So there, you know, um, so that's not, there's just not like I've, I even think about a couple times where it's like been a flirtation where I'm just like, Whoa, this is not, yeah. I'm not ready <laughs> for this. Yeah. Um, but, um, I also believe more and more that whatever is meant to be will come and you can't do anything to disrupt that. Mm-hmm. And so whomever I'm meant to partner with, it's happening. The universe is God's already set it all up. Mm-hmm. And it's just a question of when. Yeah. And so trust in the universe, trust that like everything is moving towards your growth and your benefit and your, um, your better self. And then just Knowing that, knowing it's all going to happen exactly the way it's supposed to be at exactly the right time, just sort of takes the pressure off. Like, ah, I have to go find a partner. No, I don't. Yeah. Partner's going to find me. Yeah. If I'm open to it. Right. When I'm ready. Yeah. When it's the right time. Yeah. Um, or the right job or the right, or, or like, again, or a child or, you know, in the case yep. of fertility stuff, yep. like if you want to be a mother, you will be a mother yep. in some way. Right. You know, whether it's adoption, surrogate, you know, like. Yep. And it's just an openness to what the universe is going to unfold. Um, I feel like too, when you kind of start to look at life like that, it's, it's not the word less stressful. There's always stress, but it's like kind of what you're saying. Like if it's, if I'm ready to receive it, it's going to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And if I'm not ready to receive it, it's not going to happen. So it's when you're ready to open yourself up to it, you know, and it's not always on our timing. Totally. um, Which I think is like, fear or love, you know, fear, totally. it's not happening. I have, you know, I have friends that are, um, you know, wanting to get married. Cause a lot of the women I work with are younger than me and, um, a little bit younger than me or whatever. And the timeline of like, Oh my gosh, I'm 30 or I'm this age or I'm this age and I'm not married and I want to have kids and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, but I get it. Like we're so conditioned to be like, by this time you have to have this. Totally. And I actually think, Again, for me, this comes back to like the inward journey of like, if you focus on yourself and may, and your interests and your passions and your healing and your whole being, you know, then you become a light that, that is the magnet that attracts everything positive that's supposed to come, whether mm-hmm. that's a partner or creation or, you know, work or whatever. And if we go around looking outward for the answers, like I'm not happy, I'm going to go, I need a partner to be happy. I need to be married to be happy. Then that's a totally different energy that's coming from a mindset of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And of course you're going to like be scared or feel desperate or whatever, because you were believing that there's not abundance for you. Yeah. But if you're like, no, 
everything that's supposed to come is going to come. Mm-hmm. Like we, I got this. Now I'm just going to go like pursue my passions and have fun. And if I love to dance, I'm going to dance. And if I love to make art, I'm going to make art. And like, I will find that person that values that mm-hmm. because I'm being my best self, like shine your light. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of what I would want for those girls to do is like, just go have fun, go out and go with girlfriends and go dance. And yeah. then some guy's going to see you out there in the dance floor having fun. And it's like, that's attractive. Right. Versus the one that's like, ah, oh, I need to be married now. Yep. Totally. You know? Yep. I agree with that hundred percent on many, many different levels. Yeah. Um, totally. So, all right. So what's, let's talk about like, not like you said, you're kind of like, you're in the middle of it right now. And I saw in your this article, tell us where that they can find that article too because it was really beautiful. So in, I wrote a piece for In Kind Magazine um, about um, awakening and just sort of like how challenge and growth is put in our path to wake up, right? Or to go um, deeper into our truth. Mm-hmm. And you, everyone has these moments in their life that are like those forks in the road challenges of like, whether that's disease or career apathy or financial struggles or fertility struggles or, or love issues, you know, you can choose to like put it, you know, go, go deeper and go truer or sort of refuse to feel the pain, refuse mm-hmm. to kind of go into the the shit of it all and then kind of numb out. And a lot of people kind of were like, this is too painful. I am going to numb out. I'm going to stay in a marriage mm-hmm. that doesn't feel true to me because I'm scared and slowly die mm-hmm. right inside. Or I'm going to stay on a career path because it's just like stable versus really pursuing the path that's my, that lights me up. Yep. Um, and you, you end up numbing through like, there's like, you know, alcohol, you know, bad, bad TV, affairs, drugs, food, like everyone, for me again, work, everyone has their thing that they numb with. Um, but I think for, for me, it was this, this, you know, the articles about Sleeping Beauty and how that was always my, my favorite Disney movie. And I didn't know why, because it's a very traditional story about a prince waking a princess up from from sleep to to liveliness again and I grew up in this very kind of like all-girl Catholic school really progressive New York City nuns about like female voices and so it just it was in conflict but I always loved that movie and last year when we split all of the the visuals just started popping back up in my head from that film and my sister made this painting that was you know Picasso's sleeping like a take on the Picasso um sleeping woman, which sort of, she's like, this looks like you. And she gave it to me. And it was literally like a blonde girl asleep on a striped couch. Wow. And, um, and, and, and sort of signs of transformation, like butterflies and you know mm-hmm. all of that. And I was like, there's something here. And what I realized was this, like I was waking up. Yeah. Um, we, and I had touched on Joseph Campbell's, have you watched the documentary? And I haven't. Okay, no, you have to watch it. Yes. It's your homework. Yes. It's, I've seen it so many times. Um, I like everybody that works here. I'm like, okay, I can hire you, but you got to go watch a hero's journey. And you know, they taught, he taught one of the I main, you know, the principles of mm-hmm. it and everything, but like he talks so much about like, you know, we're all, we may, if we're lucky, we maybe have like three of these cycles and like, mm-hmm. you're going through the woods and like, you don't like in the, the hardest part is like, right. Like in the middle and as you're coming out and he's like, you don't want to get to like very almost being out of like the 
the horror of like this scary jungle wherever you are mm-hmm. and turn around and run out because you're going to have to go right back through. Totally. So just keep going. That's exactly <laughs> right. The only way out is through, right? Yeah. And I think that that's so, that was, you know, the hero's journey is, is exactly kind of in line with the, 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 Sleeping Beauty is what I realized is you have all these, these old fairy tales, you have all these ancient mythology stories that all of a sudden kind of came back into my life as like, they're not old, old tales, you know, that you just go and, and, you know, retranslate for homework. They're actually very much like living maps. And Joseph Campbell talks about that of like, we need to apply stories like the Odyssey and Dante's Inferno and things, you know, there's, you know, female journeys like, you know, Sleeping Beauty, which was this ancient oral tradition before the mm-hmm. Disney version of, of, um, you know, the story of the divine feminine and society being kind of suppressed mm-hmm. and the sort of unholy masculine dominating, um, which we're seeing a lot kind of in Western culture today. And that's not a gender thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's more like we're all half the yin yang, half feminine, half masculine. And the masculine, holy masculine energy is like protect, lead, achieve. Um, and the, and the holy feminine is sort of nurture, um, care for, you know, stoke the the fire, the embers of the tribe. And the unholy masculine is like dominate, control, destroy. And the unholy feminine is martyr, you mm-hmm. know, victim. And so we are led right now by this this unholy masculine energy. And that's the story of Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. is like this the 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 beautiful divine feminine is quieted and needs to be woken up by the the holy masculine energy for balance and um it you know i so i sort of deep dove through this whole journey into like you know exploring the hero's journey from a feminine perspective and there's actually a book written um called the the heroine's journey by a woman named maureen i think it's maddock or murdoch um about how we go through a different journey, right? Our journey is not go that. out on sea and like <clears throat> meet the sirens and conquer this land and come back with like a new kingdom. But it's actually like it is a it is a return to kind of remother ourselves and find like a, a, a sort of a journey inward um, to reconnect with the inner feminine, the divine feminine, which we're told as a kid to um, as girls in society today to you know, quiet our wild, right? Because our wild can be messy or bloody or or hysterical and all the, the mm-hmm. things that are the the sides of the woman that make us amazing, we are told are wrong and you need to like, you know. Or just a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And at um, the right time. Totally. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, I feel like, again, sort of the awakening metaphor is like, this is not just me and it's not just divorce. This is, is sort of happening across the board with like so many women going through sort of questions and like just, you know, living their truth and like get to a certain point of life, that kind of middle age, 30s, 40s, 50s, wherever you hear and you're like, is this, is this what it is? Mm-hmm. Is this what it is? Because it doesn't feel like I did all the right things. I checked the boxes. I mm-hmm. went to the, the school and I got the grades and I got the job and I got the partner and I got the house, the cul-de-sac at the end of the road. And there is something inside of me that is still off. Mm-hmm. And that is us not listening to that inner voice and, and heeding it and acting on it, even if it's a little crazy and even if it's not what society tells us to do. And, and even if it disrupts something, how would you, for some, like, I mean, just even me listening, like, you know, I hear what you're saying. I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And sometimes it's like so hard when it, you get down to it. It's like, 
do you journal? Do you, how do you, like, how do you get it out? Of yeah, no, totally. I think a lot of it is, I mean, baby steps, first of all, but I think quieting the outside noise. So I, I'm very big on kind of my morning routine. So like after I drop the boys off to school or, you know, it's like get back in bed with, for me, you know, it used to be a cup of coffee. I've actually recently switched to something called mud water, which I love, but it's like a chai cacao blend. So get back in cup of, uh, in bed with like a warm cup of mm-hmm. something. Um, and I meditate and do kind of a guided meditation and then also just some quiet meditation and then journal and typically read something. And I tune out, this is something I learned about Jeff Bezos is like, don't take a meeting until 10 a.m. You know, I tune out the world until um, 10 and I, and I, I'd listen to myself. Like, don't look at your phone. Don't let the, don't let the outer world set the tone of the day. You kind of take the time to really set your tone Mm -hmm. and do what you need to do with it's your quiet time. And, um, so my morning routine is very important. And then evening routine, I'll I'll always do kind of a, a long walk at the end of the night to shut off the day. And it's either call a loved one or just no, you know, no, no, nothing on my ears, just sort of listen outside or maybe a podcast or audio book once in a while. But, um, I think you got to get back into nature too. Yeah. Like getting into nature and reconnecting with the wild within you as like a relationship to mother, Mm -hmm. mother nature, mother earth is like a big one for me. So hiking, getting into the mountains, going walk to the beach. That's when, when I start to hear her, that little voice within me more. Um, and then again, it's just personal discernment. It's like a flexing of the muscle. It's like the more you stop and say, am I doing this because it's habit? Am I doing this because I was told to do it? Or mm-hmm. am I doing this because I want to? Yeah. And even for me, the example of like pouring the glass of wine at night. Like I remember after the first six months of just working, 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 when I kind of got back into my body and started feeling the feelings, they hurt. Mm-hmm. It hurt so bad. Oh, yeah. And so by the 6 p.m., I was just like, I want a glass of wine. Yeah. I just don't want to feel this feeling in a glass of wine. And I realized that I was doing it because of, of numbing. Like yeah. I was doing it because it was hurt. It wasn't yeah. the, the ritual. It wasn't the beautiful wine. It was, oh, this hurts. And so my intention was wrong. Yep. And so I, I, after a few weeks or months of that, I, even if it was just one glass of wine, because I'm not a big, big drinker, but I was just like, even that was not healthy because it was about intention. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of made this decision. I am not going to drink at home by right now anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I choose to drink, it will be a connection. It will be, I'm with somebody and we are, you know, it, the savoring a moment together and mm-hmm. tuning in, not tuning out. So what did you do in lieu of that? So I love Gia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a berry kind of ginger purpley flavor, the purple can. So I, I bought like you just, for me, it was, I got, I needed to get out of the habit of pouring something. It was like a ritual kind of yes, thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. So now I would, if I needed, I pour a Gia. Um, and or, that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but so like that feeling you had, so you just decided, okay, when the feeling came up and you couldn't not, you like, I'm not going to do that. So that's when you felt the things you felt more process happening. A hundred percent. I mean, I can feel it now. It's like for me, I mean, and I think it's just becoming developing a relationship with your body and it's like I know when my anxiety shows up first in my neck mm-hmm. and it's like tingly in my neck and my chest and I feel tightness and I when I would feel that it'd be like ah escape leave go fight or flight like you know we're you know ultimately like right back, you come back to your limbic brain mm-hmm. right the the tens of thousands of years ago running away from the big animal that's going to kill us and and so I was like ah pour the glass of wine mm-hmm. right or ah, like have a cookie or ah, like 
leave, just leave the room or leave the conversation. And so now it's like, I feel it tingling and I'm like, it's just notice awareness. Mm -hmm. You took a deep breath right now, Mm -hmm. breathing into it. Mm -hmm. Like, huh, what is this? What is my body telling me? My body is telling me something is off curiosity about my body. My body is the like, is the connection to that inner, that inner truth, the inner God within me. So it's like, okay, I'm feeling tingly. It's 6 PM. What's bothering me? Okay. I'm stressed or I haven't slept well enough or, or I'm sad. I am sad that I'm divorcing Mm -hmm. and I'm sad that my, you know, and today I'm feeling sad and that is perfectly okay. And so what I like to tell my kids is ride the wave. It's like surfing metaphor. It's like don't ignore the feeling, ride the sadness. Cause if you sit with it and you're like, I even will sometimes just go sit down on the floor and like, you know, kind of sit with like, okay, I'm going to feel the sadness. And when you sit and you feel with it, feel it and let that kind of just wash over your body, then it goes away after like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that craving for the cookie. It's mm-hmm. like the craving will go away if you don't eat the cookie. Mm-hmm. It's when you eat the cookie that it comes back. When you again feed again the craving. Again. Yeah. But like, so I think it's, you know, when we go do those things to numb, it's because we don't want to sit with whatever feeling is there. That is, you know, the spectrum of experience that are all part of being human and all beautiful. And we label feelings as good and bad, Mm -hmm. which is wrong. They're all just, they are what they are. Mm -hmm. They are all part of the nervous system telling us something. And Mm -hmm. so it's like an acceptance as opposed to a fighting. Like I would be like, no, 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 you can't come here. Anxiety, sadness, fear. And it's like, no, they're all welcome. Um, and letting them, letting them kind of flow through. Um, and then they're not as, you know, then, then like, again, for me, then like, they, they're just not as intense when you kind of, the more you let them flow through. Yeah. And another thing about it is like, is like, this is not the only difficulty I'm going to go through in life, right? Like you, you know, we will hit, like you said, three or four or five Mm -hmm. of kind of big journeys, um, losses, deaths, mornings, changes that will kind of help us grow. They are steps and catalysts towards growth. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I remember like our, my, um, couples counselor gave him this one page, pager, but I think it was from the Essene book of days. Um, and it was about this trapeze metaphor. And it's like, you're going along on the trapeze, life's good. And you see the other trapeze coming towards you and you're, and you're like, okay, I no longer can hold on to my current trapeze, mm-hmm. but the new trapeze that I have to get there is not there yet. And I have to let go of my current safety net, my current stability and fly through the air without a net under me <laughs> until I, before and for like a good however many, three to five seconds before yeah. I touch the next one. And I don't have a choice. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like those periods are actually, you know, you know, the author talks about that's where the true growth happens. When you trust the universe enough to be like, I'm letting go the life I knew behind. To, to move towards the life that's coming towards me, even if it's not here yet. I'm yeah. taking the steps. I'm taking the risk to welcome space yep. for this new life that's going to be beautiful and the new me and the more true me. And he even goes so far to say at the end of it, those moments in between the trapeze is looking back on it, what life actually is. Mm. It's not the, the stability. The holding, yeah. and the trape- it's, the, it's the flying through the air yeah. without the net. 
which I thought was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I could literally <laughs> talk to you forever, but we have to wrap. Like this has all been very, I, I keep, this is, I mean, I'm not, I'm tomorrow my 815 guys, Molly gave me the sermon. Um, <laughs> no, it's so, it's just, you, and you said this, but you know, we can apply so many of these things to so many different aspects. And I, I do see people and even my own life with different things. Like it is so driven by fear, you know, I mean, just the con- some of the conversations even I've had this past week, you know, and it's just such a good reminder that that fear attracts fear. That's exactly right. And I think for me, I just want to make sure like, like, I don't want to say divorce is the answer. What I want to say is, is truth and love and your own listening to yourself and your inner voice is the answer. And that could be, you know, any infinite possibilities of what happens in your life. Right. And so it's like, it's like you only, you know, if you tune in, if, you know, in the case of marriage or if you're supposed to marry that person, not marry that person, stay married, not stay married. But it is just for me, what I want for, for everybody. And sort of as we move towards this is, is like a, is a listening into that knowing Mm -hmm. and, and acting on it in small ways to then eventually I love it. Act on big ways. Yes. So. It's beautiful. Thank you. Well, um, tell our listeners where they can find you. I don't know if your personal is open or where they can find yeah, the businesses. It's and stuff. Molly Feening, but red clay hot sauce is the, um, you know, if you want to buy some. It's absolutely delicious. <laughs> I did. I gave everybody gifts for it last oh, year. Thank you. I bought all the things for my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and everything. Yeah, but at Molly Feening is yeah. my personal for the this is awesome. Stuff. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I you guys, you. share this one with your friends, um, no matter what they're going through, and rate us, review us as always, and we will chat soon. Thank you. Thank you.